<clears throat> Again, it's a real privilege to be here this morning with you to uh, lead you in the Word and uh, do my best to unpack it for you here. Uh, the last two weeks, we spent time in 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it says, All Scripture... All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable. It's profitable for reproof and correction. And we uh, did a little bit of uh, talk in that regard. Reproof and correction. And then it says it's profitable for training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. You know, uh, for the believer, you have a position of righteousness. That's your position in the family of God. You've got righteousness from Christ. It's put to your account, okay? But beyond being put to your account and having the right position of righteousness, you and I need to have the right practice of righteousness, okay? So the idea is that um, this imputed righteousness to us through faith in Jesus has to be activated, put to action, put into practice. Not just known about. And that's God's plan for his children. That's his design. That's how he grows you through his work of sanctification. Okay? We know, I think most all Christians know this in our heads but we've got to live it out in our lives, in our conversation, in our attitudes. We all know, however, that um, everyone faces troubles and trials and difficulties in this life. We're dealing with them now, and we're uh, kind of getting ready for the next round that you'll face. Challenges, difficulties, stress, <laughs> All of that. Job chapter 5 verse 7 says that man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. <laughs> it's a, it's a, like a done deal. hate to say that. And I don't want to be a downer here on Mother's Day. Right? We're supposed to be up, you know, pumped up. And, Yay, moms, way to go. But I believe in all, with all my heart that uh, what we will uh, deal with this morning is, is absolutely critical for us as, as Christians. So uh, there is an outline in your, in your bulletin that you can follow along. Dealing with life's troubles in weakness is your strength. And uh, I think most of us understand... Um, Many people right here in our auditorium might be feeling overwhelmed, um, feeling like you're up to your ears in alligators, as we say, struggling with things in life, weighed down, heavy burdened. And the question is, will we as believers respond to whatever we face with a trust and confidence in God, in Almighty God? Will we trust him as the sovereign one that we just sang about? Who allows things like turmoil. Who allows things like trials and troubles. Times of heartache. We've gone through a lot of them 
for those of you that have been here for a number of years, and a lot of times we can tend to think, is God really there? Is he gone? Does he even answer my prayers? Does he hear my prayers? Where is God in these kind of terrible, tough times? So what I'd like to do is, is begin by having you follow along in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is uh, coming off of a, a kind of like an argument against the false apostles. They're accusing him of being weak, of being a wimp. And uh, he's got, uh, we believe, you know, some sort of eye problem and maybe even physical problem that he's, he doesn't come across as really, uh, you know, like an all-American athlete. <laughs> he's not very impressive looking. And it might be even in his speech, he's not all that great. But he did have a time with the Lord that was... Uh, one of these revelations, if you will, um, of being with the Lord and having a vision of heaven. And uh, he counters all of this uh, effort to downplay him from these false apostles and says um, in chapter 12, starting at verse 7, please follow along. So, to keep me from being too elated or exalt myself, by the surpassing greatness of the revelations that he had received, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me or to buffet me, to keep me from being, from exalting myself or being too elated. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Father, we ask that you would lead in this time now. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, penetrate with the truths of your word. Lord, do what reproving and correcting we need so that we would be um, welcoming the training in righteousness that we need. Lord, we praise you again for the, the truth and the authority of your word. Please be glorified in this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, for this reason that, Christ, uh, that Paul had this experience with the Lord, God's given him a thorn. Okay? So, uh, let's consider this morning how he dealt, how Paul dealt with this thorn, his affliction, so to speak. Um, and this has caused me to come up with a new word. Okay? We'll add it to our systematic theology, and it's called thornology. Okay? Sound good? I don't want to talk about it, do you? It's like, eh, can't we just get to the good stuff? 
But as all of us know as adults, we deal with hardships and, and difficulties and trials. I'll probably say that 20 times here this morning. And so we want to consider this. Uh, so number one in your outline, the profile on thorns. <clears throat> Simply put, number one, pain. Uh, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out when you have a thorn. Um, I can get just the littlest of thorns and... Uh, uh, it stings, at least, right? <laughs> it's sharp, it's penetrating, but it's the issues of life that we're struggling with. Things that are surprises to us. So yeah, thorns are sharp and, and normally quite you know, stinging, painful, etc., the word here from the Greek is also used as, uh, to be translated as a stake. And uh, in olden days, they didn't have uh, rapid-fire machine guns, etc., etc. They had spears and stakes and, you know, in cases like this, something to impale an enemy, impale an enemy. And even the idea of when um, an opponent, uh, a leader, a, another king of the uh, opposing army was killed, they chopped his head off and put it where? On a stake, demonstrating victory. Pretty brutal. But this term um, is used in this case regarding something that God has allowed. And... Um, Letter B, it seems like it, it lacks clear definition. What exactly did Paul have? Okay, and uh, there's nothing clearly definitive about it, and I think that's for a good reason. If we knew exactly what it was, we would have the tendency to do what? Well, I'm like Paul, you peons. I've suffered in this way. Uh, in other words, an opportunity for pride. Even in suffering. <laughs> look, at, look at so-and-so. Well, they've suffered this. Well, I haven't suffered that. I mean, it's not supposed to be something that is comparable. He leaves it kind of nebulous in a sense so that we wouldn't even try and compare ourselves with Paul. We're, yeah. So, it, it also doesn't really tell us of the duration. Like, uh, this was a lifelong thing, or was this occasional, or was it seasonal? It seems like it was an ongoing thing for Paul. But as we understand this concept, we know that there are occasional thorns in a person's life. Uh, even seasonal, it, it pops up every so often where, you know, there's affliction going on. Difficulties. But we know in, in letter C, it is. It's allowed by God. And this is where we have some struggles. Depending on the thorn and what it represents. We have a, a bit of a struggle because it's given by God, allowed by God. 
And it sounds similar to Job chapter 1 where the Lord allowed Satan himself to test and afflict Job in very harsh ways. He lost his uh, resource for living. He lost his children. And his wife saying, just curse God and die. And so... Paul doesn't go into those kind of details necessarily. But it is something that is allowed by God. And, and notice what it says in verse 7. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Or keep me from exalting myself. A messenger is the idea of a, an angel. That's the term there in the Greek. So, again, it's hard to know exactly what is meant by a messenger of Satan. Other than, here's, it might even be a real person used by Satan to want to harass, attack, pummel. That's the idea of to buffet you know, keep pounding on me. That's the kind of affliction that Paul had. It might be that um, as we go through this time this morning, you, you might consider, you know, someone that uh, has been through a whole lot in life. I immediately, in preparing in this message, I, I thought of Johnny Erickson Tata numerous times. If you don't know about Johnny Erickson Tata, uh, she's a, like a high school girl, and she dives into the water, hits her head, messes up her spine. She's a quadriplegic for life. And God uses her in, a, in amazing, amazing ways. Read her story. And she's still got a ministry going on now, after all these years of being a quadriplegic. And there are others. But you know what? A person like Johnny Erickson Tata isn't going to uh, draw the attention to herself. Isn't that something? Hey, feel sorry for me. I've been in this wheelchair for 40 years, 50 years. And that's a sneaky thing that can come up for anyone, you know, wanting some attention in that way. But Johnny Erickson Tata is faithful to her Lord. The Lord has trained her in righteousness. Righteous living. Let's move on. Point number two is the point or the purpose of thorns. Letter A, to keep me from exalting myself. But notice it's there twice in that verse. There's emphasis that Paul gives to this issue. I don't want to exalt. My, I'm, I'm, I've got this because he's given it to me so I won't exalt myself. And I've got under letter A... Um, you can see it in your outline there. There's two issues to consider regarding this. It's to keep me from exalting myself, from showy exaltation. That's where it's more of a, it's more of a spotlight. You know, throw the spotlight on me and I'll tell you about my affliction or I'll, I'll do something else to draw attention to myself openly, arrogantly, because isn't it all about me? <laughs> That's the kind of arrogance that 
is Paul's uh, recognizing he needs to uh, be prevented from doing. He was, you know, a top-of-the-line uh, Pharisee. You know, he, he was like top of his class. Pharisee of Pharisees from the tribe of Benjamin. Wow, cool guy. I mean, look at his credentials. And now he's had all these revelations from Jesus. <laughs> he's quite something. All that. So, it's to keep from a showy, show-off kind of exalting. And secondly, I, I would just throw this in because I know my own heart. We recognize how this can keep us from more of a soft push or a subtle kind of exalting. And what I mean by that is, you know, referring to the woe is me kind of approach to life. Um, a, a, a kind of a down in the dumps, dejected, defeated, um, just talking more and more like a spiritual Eeyore. Well, I'm this, you know, woe is me. See, that's a different kind of uh, exalting. You say, what? Yeah, you're drawing attention to woe is me. And I don't know what's, what outweighs one or the other. If it's the showboat kind of exalting or the soft pedal push of uh, woe is me kind of exalting. But they're both actual, real things. You know, we, it's like self-pity is used to gain attention. And so, then letter B, another purpose of the thorn is to buffet me. And that, again, that's a, the King James uh, term there, the word that is translated. Um, the idea to, to strike or to torment or to even... Um, some of the words get translated to mean to blow and make a, a, a strike with a fist. It's the pummeling of this, of this trial, of this affliction. So those are the, uh, some of the issues behind the, the purpose of thorns. Stop and think about this. Aren't you more apt as a believer in Jesus Christ, aren't you more apt to seek him and to call on him and to trust him and to cry out to him in the midst of your pain? Because when, you, when you're not afflicted, um, especially here in America, we, we've got our recliners and our couches and we can kick back and enjoy. And yeah, it's, it's good to enjoy things and be comfortable and have pleasure. But there's a tension here, right? And so we understand uh, there's a reason for the afflictions, okay? There's a reason for them. And like we just saying, God is God and he is sovereign. He's in control. And I can trust him and have confidence in that. So that's um, some of the idea behind the, the purpose of thorns. Number three, um, here's what I would suggest, and uh, I think in verses 8 through 10 show the potential 
with the thorns. The potential with the thorns. <laughs> Grace is always available. Okay? That's the starting point there. Grace for the believer is always available. It's always being offered. God has not done that done yet with uh, offering his grace. And so uh, we see in verse 8, it, it says this, that Paul three times pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Uh, was it three literal times? Could be. Was it a, a, this emphasis like it, it, it gives in Isaiah 6? Holy, holy, holy. There's, there's an emphasis there with these, uh, this thrice-repeated idea. Well, whatever it is, we know that Paul committed it to the Lord. Ask the Lord. May it depart from me. So letter A under number three is that we draw near to God in prayer because of the thorn, because of the affliction, and to give hope to those that deal with it. You don't know. I mean, Paul didn't know at the time that God wouldn't answer that prayer the way Paul wanted. God answered. <laughs> He just didn't answer the way Paul was hoping. And that's what we deal with in life. There's times where God answers by saying, no, you're going to have to trust me for your thorn, your problem, your issue. So the hope that letter A is bringing forth is for its removal. Some sort of relief that God will bring comfort, some calm, and that's what prayer does. Is Prayer is something that we gain hope from. God, please answer this. But the Lord allowed it to continue. And to build up to verse 9, letter B, that grace is sufficient. Grace is sufficient. This is what uh, the term sufficient means in this passage is enough. Grace is enough. Nothing else is needed. Grace is enough. Grace is sufficient. And I know that that goes against all that we grow up with here in America. There's an, a remedy for everything in America, right? You know, that you can get this or this or this and order it, you know, It'll come to your house and you're on it. Answers to everything. That's America. <laughs> so, but grace is sufficient. Grace is enough. Nothing else needed. This is what sustains God's child in all times. In good times and in troubled, difficult times. And listen, when we say grace is sufficient, what we're saying is this is the very nature of God's grace. It's the very nature of it. So let's put it this way. His grace is greater than the thorn. 
His grace is greater than the trial and the tribulation and the difficulty. His grace is greater. Which brings us to the fact that power is then perfected in weakness. It goes on in verse 9 to say that. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. His power is perfected. Okay. Let's move on to number, letter C under number three. But the problem is, grace gets snubbed. Or if you like athletics, grace gets subbed out early on. <laughs> grace gets subbed out. Why? Um, we're going to try something different. We've got, again, we've got our solution. Um, man's efforts always get in the way of God's grace. I'm an example of that. You and I, we're all pretty much examples of that. You know, there's a whole lot of folks in America, again, uh, that would say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but there are few or little signs of grace in their lives based on their attitude, based on their, their conversation, And it's because of pride. <laughs> it's leaning on their own strength, leaning on the, the tendencies of their own ways, their logic, their reasoning, their good efforts. That's the way so many of us are brought up in life. You be a good boy and you do good in school. Yes, that's good, that's important. But that bleeds over into thinking I've got to please God in that same way. Your righteous works won't make it with God. For all have and fallen short of the glory of God. So, what that leads to under letter C is, it's for, if it's for your own sake, that's what happens when we sub out or snub God's grace. It's now on our own shoulders, and what happens is it ends up being grumbling. Here's grumbling that takes place. Okay? For your own sake, and it results in grumbling. Why? Things didn't go my way. What's the deal? And now we start thinking again of my, myself before my God. And I'm, I'm, I'm tended more towards complaining about this situation or that situation. It's so easy to respond that way because it's quite natural for us to respond with grumbling or complaining or murmuring. We tend to believe, you know, I, I've worked hard for this. I'm an honest person. I really don't deserve this. You know what you've just said? <laughs> I deserve better. Well, God doesn't say that. Where does God say that you deserve better? <laughs> I expect better treatment, better conditions, etc., etc. And yeah, there's a place for doing that properly. If you're dealing with a, a company or your, your family or whatever, you know, just do it with the right spirit. 
But how, think of this. How did God respond to the Israelites in the book of Numbers when they started going through the wilderness? Oh my. The, the Israelites just, you know, started one after the other, one chapter after another, just complaining, complaining, complaining. Numbers chapter 11, chapter 12, 14, 16, uh, just numerous numbers, numerous incidents of complaining, griping, murmuring. That's what happens when grace gets snubbed. Don't be a snubber of grace. <laughs> Welcome it. Ask for it. Okay? The grace of God uh, is an endless source for you. Letter D, grace that transforms. So we, we said that grace is sufficient is the very nature of grace. And grace that transforms is the very activity, the energy of grace, the work of grace. It conforms the Christian more and more to the image of Christ. And then you see under letter D, when verse 10 says, for the sake of Christ then, for the sake of Christ then. So now it's not a matter of responding in grumbling, but it's a matter of responding in glorifying Christ. There's the pivot from grumbling to glorying in Christ, in Christ. And he says, my grace, uh, let's emphasize this, my grace is sufficient. What does Jesus say to Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. And we can say, his grace is sufficient for you, plural, it's something that you and I, being in Christ, we have the grace of God giving us empowerment, helping us every day. Sustaining is the term. Grace that sustains and carries you. Power is perfected in weakness. Philippians 1.6, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perform or perfect it in the day of Christ Jesus. This is God's work. It's not because um, so-and-so uh, so, uh, so -so Christian is such a hot Christian item and they've they put it all together and they've got it all together. No, it's God's work in the life of that Christian. It's God's work. Do you know of that work in your life? Are you growing to say, I, I hate this sin in me. I hate it. That's one of the issues of, of a Christian's growth is that you come more and more to hate the presence of sin in your life. And so, Paul says, it's in... verse 9 and 10 here, that uh, most gladly, therefore, will I boast about my weaknesses. Verse 9 there. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly. 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 
We boast in our weaknesses. Why? That the power of Christ may dwell in me, be at home in me. And I believe um, this is where, Christian, you and I, understanding that you and I have the righteousness of Christ, that's now the point of you and I choosing to go in that direction, making a choice in your life. Because it's out of recognizing the, the reality of what Christ has come to do, save you from sin, from the wrath of God, and transform you into the likeness of Christ. So there comes a point in time where you say, you know, I've been doing that wrong. I, that's, that's sin. I don't want to do that. Choice to walk in that direction. Turn away from the, the habits of sin. Turn away and turn to Christ. That's, that's the principle of, of repentance. So the idea of being glad and boasting about my weakness, that the power of Christ may dwell in me, it really comes off, it's the idea of getting yourself out of the way. Humbling yourself. Consider yourself Romans 6, dead to sin and alive to Christ. That's not just a, a cool theological statement. That's something to practice, to live out. And then Colossians chapter 3 says, put to death the members of your earthly body and rattles off some, some uh, categories of sin. Put to death those things. And so... We have this potential. Causes us to, grace causes us to draw near and gives us hope. Grace is sufficient for you. It's enough. Nothing else needs to be ad added. But the problem is grace gets snubbed, neglected, ignored. Leads to grumbling and complaining. But when we respond to God's grace, it leads to glorifying God. Okay, it leads to honoring him. Then number four is the promise of God's help. The promise of God's help. And again, here's, you know, the problem is we, we have a, a, a situation come up, uh, trials, difficulties, stress, etc., uh, etc. Et you can see the listing in, in verse 10, the hardships, persecutions, calamities, Okay. By the way, I don't think we face much persecution as individual believers. But yeah, we do. And the, the church at large uh, is persecuted. Many people in other countries are persecuted for their faith. We don't have a whole lot of that happening here. But if we did, you wonder what would happen. What would be the result of that? Would people flee and and walk away from walking with Christ? Or would they draw near to Him? I think you all agree. There's hardly any persecution of your faith in this world, in this community. But nonetheless, we always, you know, there's... When we need help, yeah, we can call out to God, but... Do we end up looking to ourselves for the, the solution? 
Let's be looking to the Lord and His Word for the principles that help us live for Him. So the promise of God's help is found in letter A, in, in God, here's God's presence, His presence. Don't ever forget, Christian, that the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is emphasized doubly so. I will never, never leave you nor forsake you. Now, when you're in trouble, is that not a great comfort? Is that not a great help? What a, what a treasure that we have there in that promise. God's presence. Letter B, God's providence to protect, to provide all that he's provided for you. And he, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God's providence, he continues to over, overly bless you. <laughs> It's an exaggerated blessing. You stop and count your blessings, you cannot stop. We should keep on thinking in that way. God has provided for you. And then let us see God's peace. You have His peace. And it is. A gift and what it leads to is true contentment true contentment if we put all the pieces together in the Bible uh, if we put them all together here's what we can say that in every situation listen in every situation in every difficulty in every affliction is he your peace? Is he your strength? Is he your refuge and your hiding place? We would say yes. But when the actual test hits, what will happen? And the same challenge is for me. What will happen when the, the big test comes, the big affliction, difficulty, whatever? What God wants to do in your life is to bring you through these things so that He is your peace and your contentment. You know what that means? Your satisfaction in life. Yes, He is our hiding place from the wrath of God. Christ is your hiding place from the wrath of God. He's your refuge from the wrath of God. However, he's your hiding place in these times where affliction hits, difficulties hit. And then it comes to letter D, God's gift of perseverance. It's a gift, my friend. It's not that you have worked it up in your heart to be enduring and persevering. It's God's gift to you. And you can check out James chapter 1. And it says, consider it all, listen, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you escape various trials. I've said that before. And you still don't get it. No. When you escape 
That's what I want to do. That's what you tend to want to do. I want to escape this trial. The Bible says, come to all joy when you encounter various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Where's the testing coming from? It's not coming from me. I'm, I'm, I want to avoid it. Tests are allowed by God to see if your faith is what? Genuine. Count all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Okay? Endurance. Endurance that keeps us going. Endurance that helps you to press on. Endurance to help you run and finish the race. Endurance to walk on in tough times and in good times. Endurance to live in Christ by His grace, His sufficient grace. Because when I'm weak, what? Then I am strong. I haven't covered this. My, I, we're going to close it up here in a little bit, but I, I uh, will go ahead and mention this. I was told back um, probably in 2012 that I should you know, share lessons that I learned from our daughter Sarah's passing. And I never did. You just don't want to go back to that. Um, But I want to, in relation to this, uh, I want to share this because um, it's the most difficult thing I've ever faced in my life. And my wife also, and our, our other kids. And God um, brought to mind passages of Scripture that were gems that helped us endure through a long-term kind of a process. And the gem uh, that really stands out in my thinking, it was the night that she passed away. And um, we got a hospital bed and put it in the front bedroom. And... Um, that came on a Monday, and she was in the bed that Monday night in a hospital bed in the room. And I put on um, Pandora, and I had a certain station on Pandora playing. And I believe the last song that she heard in, as I understand it, I was sitting in there, and I, this song just, every time I hear it, just about, uh, brings me to tears because of it. And I want to read these words. Because, again, all of us are dealing with things. All of us are. We deal with all sorts of different things, a variety of ways, and in intense times or not. But this is such a help, this song. Um, it's sung by Kim Hill. And it says this, I lift my eyes when I'm troubled. I lift my hands, I lift my heart. And there I stand, 
knowing nothing can defeat me, just as long as I know where you are. In you alone is where I find my comfort. In you alone, you're my only hope. In you alone, my heart has found a resting place. In you alone, in you alone. So I won't fear though darkness hides me. No, I won't let my courage sway. For you are near, and at the brightness of your glory, the shadows of night melt away. In you alone is promise I can cling to. In you alone, you're my security. In you alone, my soul has found a dwelling place only in you alone. What could separate me from your love? Neither life, nor death, nor anything at all. Anything at all. In you alone is where I find my comfort. In you alone, you're my only hope. In you alone, my heart has found a resting place. Only in you alone. Brother and sister, do you believe God and his word? Will you believe him when the pressure hits? Will you believe him when the surprise comes your way? Will you trust him? Will you lean on him? He keeps his promises. He is faithful to his word. What he says, he will do in his timing and for his glory. And he will carry you. He will be there, whether it's the fire or the flood, we sang about that, through the test when it's most difficult. When I am weak, then I am strong because His grace is sufficient. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much for the strength that You give us in times of trial, in times of difficulty. Lord, thank You so much for uh, this special day for moms. And I think all of us recognize moms... Uh, step in to interfere with all the troubles that hit the family. So bless these moms and help them to share uh, lessons learned with younger moms. Help the younger moms to continue to lean on you. And dear Lord, please, uh, in all these things, be glorified. Lord, life here seems to be getting more and more confusing and chaotic. And so when things uh, surprise us or seem to overwhelm us, um, thank you for your word. My grace is sufficient for you. And thank you for Jesus, our wonderful Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. <laughs> be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. 
So resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, before you leave, Timothy, come on up. I would like to, uh, I didn't warn him about this, but if you want to say goodbye to Timothy, he'll be right up front here, along with a, a couple. I don't know, is, we got a, a couple to pray this morning. Rick and Katie will be over here. If you need to pray with uh, someone, Rick and Katie will be over here. Timothy will be over here near the candy. How about that? Come, yeah. So if, you know, even if you don't know Timothy, come and say goodbye to him. He's been a great, wonderful blessing, and we're going to miss him. So, uh, yay. May the grace of our Lord be with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.